You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy in the show, Locked On Horns on Twitter, Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. Uh, joining me again today is Griffin McVeigh of Longhorns Wire, one of my contributing writers over there. Uh, does fantastic work, especially if you want to know about basketball. He's, he's kind of the go-to basketball guy. Uh, no basketball talk today. We're all football today. Uh, you know, yesterday, we talked about some of the additions and things of that nature. I kind of want to talk today. We're going to get in this today. We're going to talk a little bit coming up in segment two and three, maybe some options at the, in the transfer portal guys that we could look at. Uh, but first for today, let's, let's dive right into it. I want to talk about a comment that we brought up on last on yesterday's episode Griffin, where Tom Herman said, we're going to miss the heck out of Sam Ellinger. So that brings up the question. If Sam is to go, if Sam's gone, who is going to play quarterback at the University of Texas as your starting quarterback in 2021? We've already seen one such quarterback enter himself in the transfer portal. We're talking about Jaquinta Jackson, uh, the number three dual threat quarterback in the 2020 recruiting class. He's leaving. The number two guy, guy named Hudson Card, and it seems like even Longhorn's network was talking about it. All anybody is talking about is Hudson Card. Uh, are they overlooking anybody? Maybe a guy who's been the backup for the last two years? Yeah, maybe Casey Thompson or something. I don't know. I, I was sad to see Jaquindon enter the portal. Um, obviously, coming out of Dunganville High, there's not – you know, there's not a better football factory than uh, Duncanville in the state of Texas, maybe even nationally. But uh, Hudson is definitely the name everyone wants, I feel like. Uh, another local Austin guy, so I'm sure we'll get to hear about that on Texas broadcast for the next three to four years. Um, but Thompson, I don't know, Thompson just isn't the inspiring name that you think of when you're like, we need the next, you know, next leader, next starting quarterback. There were reports at the beginning of the season that it was very clear. Card was the number three. Thompson was the number two, but, you know, Card looked really good. He uh, was throwing a nice ball, something this team could have used this year. And, you know, he's not a dual threat in the sense that he's going to, you know, he's going to run it downhill. Like Ellinger, he's a little bit more, Shifty, I feel like, and uh, just avoids guys. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not built like a fullback, an H back. I mean, he's not going to run you over like Sam Ellinger will. I mean, he's more try to run around you, avoid you best he can. But I think he's right. the best pure passer. And I say that because I haven't really seen enough out of Jaquinta Jackson, who made the change of position because he was a wide receiver before he was a quarterback. And so when I look at him, you know, it's like, you know, there's going to be a development issue there, right? I mean, it's not a guy who's been throwing all his life. Right. Uh, and, you know, and, and he's and coming then, off the knee injury. Right, and he's coming off the knee injury. And by all reports and all accounts, everybody that I've talked to, uh, there was a, 
legitimate quarterback controversy behind Ellinger, but they thought Casey Thompson might get overtaken by Hudson Card. The reason why Thompson got the nod was because of experience. He's the more experienced guy. He was, right. He's been in there. But everything I've heard is Hudson Card picked up the offense. Hudson Card was the better pure passer. Um, and, and the fact is, what do we know about Mike Yersich? He has a particular style of quarterback he likes. He likes the pure passer. He likes the pocket passer. He likes the pro-style quarterback. You can say Hudson Card is a dual threat, but he fits the mold of that pure passer. And that's the reason why Yersich wasn't a fan of Jalen Milrow, and now Milrow is going to Alabama. Who did he bring in? Well, he did bring in Quinn Ewers. And he went after Charles Wright out of Austin, local kid, flipped him from Iowa State, more of that style. So we know what he likes. You know, so it is sad. But what if? You know, there was a story. I think I've heard it a time or two. Charlie Brewer. Did you know that he is from Austin? Yeah, apparently. Did you, did you know he's a legacy player? You know, Texas didn't even offer him. Didn't even offer him. You know, that was the name I heard, though. Was, uh, somebody go, oh, well, Charlie Brewer's in the transfer portal. Maybe he comes to Texas. That, that would shock me. I'll if, pass. I'll yeah, pass. I would, I would as well. Uh, I, it would shock me if Herman went with an outside guy. I doubt he would. Even with Jackson leaving and, you know, we're going to lose a guy in that room. Um, I don't know. It, it just – Brewer always seemed to, you know, play a little bit better against Texas, you know, on purpose. So I'm not exactly sure if he's too inclined to come to Austin. But I, I do think your point about Yershich wanting pocket passers is the reason Charles Wright is maybe a name that will be slept on a little bit. Uh, he, he definitely has some more development that needs to happen before he's, you know, probably ready to be the starting quarterback. But it wouldn't shock me if, you know, he, you know, comes into the camp and you're just like, wow, he fits the system really well. He can sling it a little bit. Um, just the pro style quarterback that he typically loves. It wouldn't shock me if after maybe Hudson card, because I think I really do think that card's going to be the guy. But it wouldn't shock me if Wright turns into a potential starter in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's there is that. Uh, and, you know, Tom Herman in his press conference yesterday had said, you know, we expect Charles Wright to be a starter eventually. Now, is, is that coach speak? Is he just, you know, talking talking up his guy? Does he actually believe that? I don't know. Uh, I really think it depends on Hudson Card because this year didn't count for Hudson Card. It was essentially a redshirt year. Right. So he could be here the next three years, um, you know, and, and who knows what happens – between now and then, because despite the fact that there's been this committal, non-committal vote of confidence for Tom Herman, uh, it's still not for me anyway. It's still not a hundred percent that I think that Tom Herman's even going to be your head coach uh, when uh, when the 2021 season rolls around. So you don't think it's going to be his decision? I don't think it'll be his decision at all. Uh, but let's switch gears coming up next, guys. We're going to talk about the transfer portal because we do know the Texas Longhorns, uh, according to head coach Tom Herman, are going to be looking for a jack. 
defensive ends and offensive line because they have got to figure out a way to protect their quarterback in the upcoming year. You know, with all the go, go, go that's going on in our lives, the best thing to do is kind of chill. Got to slow it down. And the best way to do that is with the ice cold beer that is made to chill. We're talking Coors Light. It is cold filtered, cold lagered, made with that water in the Rocky Mountains. So we got to reach into your fridge and pull out the beer that's made by the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. I'm talking Coors Light, and it's the one beer that I use when I need to chill. When I'm trying to figure out what's going on with recruiting, when I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my football team, and then you just need to chill out, you reach for that beer that's made to chill. The great thing about it is you can go to get.coorslight.com. You can find a distributor that's closest to you. They'll deliver it right to you. Don't even have to go anywhere. Then you can reach for that beer that's made to chill. But as always, we want you to celebrate responsibly with Coors Light. Let's go. You know, in these days where we're stuck at home all the time and we need to get, trying to get fit or we're trying to get healthier or we're trying to lose some of that pandemic 20, that pandemic 30 pounds that you put on while you're sitting at home. Of course, you need to get more active and work out. But the, another great thing that you got to do is you need to reach into your bag and pull out one of those Built Bars. Built Bars change the game when it comes to the energy bar. It's a healthy candy bar. One of the great ones that I love is the cookies and cream flavor. It's got 17 grams of protein. It's got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You're getting 20% off your next order. They're fantastic. Soft and easy to chew. There's no chalky taste. It's great for the health-conscious person. You can lose and maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And the great thing is they're great for the keto, covered in chocolate, like I said. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. Griffin, I think there's a way to fix that offensive line problem. And it's not just in the transfer portal. Fire Herb Hand because he is terrible. Yeah, and he, I don't just say that because I don't like the guy. And it's not – I think he's a great dude. I love talking to Herb Hand. Uh, my problem is that he's not developing talent. And while people will bring up, oh, well, Sam Cosby's going to be a first-round pick. How much of that has to do with Herb Hand and how much of that has to do with the fact that he's training – outside of texas right uh, in the offseason personal coach i mean we've seen all the offseason videos and whatnot i don't attribute any of that to her pan hate to say it no he struggled at auburn as well um i i don't know what it is he i mean the offensive line looked fantastic against kansas state when he finally decided to shuffle around it took forever you know I mean, Kerstetter, before the injury, moved out to right tackle, looked really good there. Then you put in, you know, your freshman center, Jake Majors. So I, I'm not sure why he wasn't just playing his best five. And maybe he, maybe he thought he was playing his best five, but I really think what he needs to do is do a better job of evaluating the talent once they're, you know, in Austin. Recruiting is a whole different story, and that's a dumpster fire. Okay, but, let's start there. Let's start there. Uh I don't think Herb Hand is a guy who can identify talent. No. And, and and I say that because I watched Denzel Okafor 
and Christian Jones struggle at that right side of the offensive line all year long. Mm-hmm. When Kirchner was a near all Big 12 guy last year at right tackle. Yeah, right. And and I understand why they moved him to center because that, I don't think they wanted to play a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jake Majors held his own against Kansas State. Now, you can say it was Kansas State, but Kansas State's got a really good front four. I don't they care do. what you have to say about the rest of the team. Right. Uh, they're really good up front. Uh, my whole thing is, is if Majors can play center, as he's shown, you had to really like what Andridge Carrick did mm-hmm. uh, when he came in. He didn't allow a single pressure. He's He was doing really well in, in place at left tackle when they decided to move Christian Jones back to the right. So I think going into next season, I feel pretty good about this offensive line. I do too. You probably it, it, could find a right guard right. Um, unless you feel like Logan Parr is ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need depth. And I wouldn't be opposed to getting a starter at right guard because I think Majors needs to be your center. And I think that I agree. Uh, Carrick needs to be your left tackle, Junior Angelau at your left guard. And uh, Derek Kerstetter, from what I'm hearing, he's considering coming back for another year. So you play him at right, right tackle. tackle. Yeah, you got to throw him at right he, tackle. He was, yeah. uh, like you said, it's one of the top Big 12 right tackles. And then they moved him to center. I put him at right tackle where they were playing him against Kansas State. So I think they kind of had that idea. We're going to play right tackle. Uh, so maybe that's what they do moving forward. Uh, right guard, maybe get, look in the, the portal. Is that is that where they need to go on that? I I, I would think so, yes, because the recruiting class that's, that is coming in, uh, unless they find a way to pick up some kind of name uh, in February, I mean, they've recruited two tackles and they're not exactly the – highest rated uh, players. So they, at the very least, they need depth, um, but they probably need a starting right guard and that's going to come through the portal, I feel like. Yeah, and whether it's a graduate transfer, whether it's transfer portal, um, and then also you have, um, you know, high school recruits. But the interesting part is coming in January, you know it's coming, that one-time transfer. Right, Um, yeah, that's going to be the big thing. That's going to be huge because then you don't have to worry about only graduate transfers. You could get a player who's starting on another team or, or is in line to start and he can come in and play immediately uh, for once during the college career. It's the only time that they'll be able to transfer and be immediately eligible. Uh, So, you know, that's, that's going to be huge and that's going to be a big player. And I think that's why this 2020 season is one that we've never seen just the way that it went down Mm -hmm. this 2021 season is going to be absolutely bananas when you talk about this one-time transfer rule and Mm -hmm. how players can go here to there. Uh, I think think that's going to come down to if they let hand go, who the next guy is, whether he's, you know, coming from another big name school and he brings one of his guys with him, or he's coming from a smaller school that, um, you know, he, he's a, like an attractive name, the offensive line and one to work with so they can get in the NFL. I think it's really going to come down to who they hire next, assuming hand is uh, let go. Yeah, and they should have never let Max Maddox go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was part of the Charlie Strong uh, staff in 2016, which, oh, by the way, uh, was the last time the Texas Longhorns had an All-American 
on their offensive line. Talking about Connor Williams at the left tackle. 2016 was also the last time where this team ran the ball to the tune of over 2,000 yards. Talking about Donta Foreman, uh, all that he did. Uh, if if there's a, another position in the portal that they're going to have to look at, I think and it, it's something that I wrote in my 10 takeaways from the season. Uh, if you read that on Longhorn's Wire, they need a pass rush. Joseph yeah. Osai cannot be your only pass rusher. Right. Uh, Jacoby Jones had glimpses and moments, and you saw some from Taquan Graham, but it was too inconsistent. And when you're going up against teams like in Iowa State and Brock Purdy's just sitting back there in the in the pocket doing whatever he wants, uh, you know, when you're dealing with uh, a Max Dugan who's running all over the field, when you're dealing with a Spencer Rattler who's just sitting back there, they got to find somebody to get to the quarterback. Right, especially when you talk about Rattler, he's going to have – obviously one of the best offensive lines in the country. But you look you look inside the portal for these type of guys, um, looking at guys as this outside linebacker or, um, you know, just straight defensive ends. And the problem is you already have two guys in there in the portal that could probably play the position uh, in Byron Vaughn's. Um, he's in the portal right now, doesn't know where he's going. And then another name was Myron Warren. He did enter the portal, but uh, I'm pretty sure he withdrew his name, said he was coming back. But from a pure depth perspective, I mean, you have two guys that decided to enter the portal at a position of need. Um, but for who's actually going to play the position, I don't know. It, you would hope it's somebody that's already on the team. Um, but uh, they're going to have to be active that. in the portal. I don't know about that uh, when, you, when you say you hope it's somebody on the team because I look at this roster and I'm not terribly excited about any of these guys playing the jack roll. Right. Prince Dorba, I think, is undersized. Um, Reese Latow, uh, we talked about him yesterday. I think he's a little inconsistent. Uh, would he be more consistent with more reps and more game time? Possibly. Uh, but – I mean, but I do trust Oscar Giles, Mark Hagan, to figure out who's going to be the guy. I mean, uh, if there's anybody I trust on this team with development, it's Oscar Giles. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure he's going to find a guy. But, you know, I think they're going to have to go into the transfer portal to find a starter at the jack roll unless they plan on, you know, believing in a freshman like Jatavion Sanders. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you talked about it yesterday, Sanders coming in and, you know, possibly being that, I mean, we all know he can do it. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's going to be a question of is he going to struggle this position? Um, do I think he'll be Osai from day one? No, but he, he will definitely develop and probably exceed what Osai has been able to do uh, for the pass rush. And he's athletic right. enough, you know, to drop back into coverage and do the other uh, roles that a Jack needs. Absolutely. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to talk uh, next. We're going to talk about what we expect to see or, or kind of our takeaways from the first day uh, of National Signing Day and, and kind of where the team needs to go from here. You know, betting on the Texas Longhorns doesn't have to be a guessing game. 
if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, Griffin, so your biggest takeaway, what was your biggest takeaway from National Signing Day of the of the players that they signed? From the players that they signed, I think outside of Ibrahim um, not signing, I think the late acquisition of uh, Sorrell was good. Um, he looks like a developmental guy that they can maybe move uh, from defensive end to make possibly inside. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the defense, the defensive recruits acquired, you know, they're not any of the flashiest name outside of Sanders. Um, but I think the guys that you're going to see in the front seven are going to be solid, uh, solid starters. Um, whether it's a Terrence Cooks, you know, your Maurice Blackwells, your Byron Murphys, uh, especially J.D. Coffey. I, I think this class did a really good job of getting solid defensive, um, you know, not I don't want to say depth because I think there can be more than that, but it's really boosted the defensive recruiting. J.D. Coffey is probably one of the better additions. I think the really undervalued addition. And the reason why I think that is because I think he could play some as your a nickel corner if you need him mm-hmm. to. Uh, he has some returnability. We saw that at Kenandale. Yep. Uh, but what you got in this kid, you got a thumper at the safety position. And I think that that's something. I mean, I know B.J. Foster at times has shown it. Caden Cerns at times has shown it. But he's a guy that's going to put fear in a wide receiver coming over the middle. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be going across the middle with uh, no. E.D. Coffey. No. Uh, so no, 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 no. Not the way that – not from what I saw at him in Kennendale. Uh, now, obviously, college level, it's much higher level, obviously. Playing D1 football at the University of Texas, it's going to be a higher level of competition. But with that being said, what you've seen, the traits that you've seen – that makes me go, okay, J.D. Coffey, he's a guy who could stop that. You know, you want a guy who's going to, you know, you need a physical threat on that back end. Uh, a guy that's going to hit people the way that uh, Joseph Asai did. And, you know, and he, and he brought, you know, he brought some thunder when he would hit somebody. Uh, and that's the same thing I saw with J.D. Coffey. Those, I think those additions uh, – I think cornerback's important. So Jameer Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, kid out of Mir, Mir in uh, California. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh, a big uh, win for uh, Jay Via. Jay, sorry, I'm mispronouncing. Valai, yes. I think he really saw that as a big win. He could go into Pasadena and you know snag Johnson out of there. Yeah, it definitely was a big one for him, and and I think that like we talked about on the outside, what are they going to do? Uh, at the spur position, they've been talking about possibly moving Terrence Cooks, who can play Will or the spur, which the spur is kind of a hybrid defensive back linebacker position anyway. Uh, you know, that's kind of where Chris Adamora is, but uh, he'll be a junior next year. 
So kind of looking at the future, I think Terrence Cooks is a guy who could do that. Uh, Sean Jamison has come out and said that he's returning for 2021. Not a big shock, but what do they do beyond that? Because for everything that he does on the back end, he's also your big return guy. Who's kind of the guy that could fill that role afterwards? Maybe it's a guy like J.D. Coffey. Maybe it's Jameer Johnson. Um, I think, you know, Josh Thompson's returning, uh, but I'm not 100% sold on Jalen Green. So yeah. where do you turn? Uh, Jameer Johnson is a guy. Uh, eventually, I think that Ishmael Ibrahim is going to sign once he gets his off-the-field issues taken care of. Uh, I think he'll be another guy that'll be in there. Uh, and then they brought in uh, Darian Dunn, who played at McNeese State, but he – uh, he went up against Tylen Wallace when they were played against Oklahoma State, and he did a pretty good job. I mean, he even had a play where if Tylen Wallace doesn't play defensive back, he gets an interception in the end zone. Uh, you know, so he's a guy that I think, you know, he brings depth. He's a body, uh, but he also has that senior leadership. You know, he's, he's a more – he's a veteran player, so maybe that helps him out on the back end as well. And, and you have to admit with the way that this – Defense started to look better down the stretch, you know, specifically against the run. But, you know, I think that's only going to help. And if they can increase that pass rush, that helps the, that'll help them on the defensive side of the ball, kind of catch up to where the offense is from a production uh, standpoint. Right. I agree. I agree. And Herman talked about how Don is a guy that they can put anywhere. He can play corner. He could play the spur if he needs to, or he can throw him at, up at either safety position. So he's going to, like you said, bring depth, but I think the versatility is what uh, Herman's really going to be looking for. Um, you know, if one guy's hurt, struggling, I think he can just throw Dunn in there and problems will be fixed. Right, and, and the great thing about Dunn that I like is his size. Um, this is a guy with ball skills, uh, not counting this this year, but in 2018 and 2019, he had six interceptions in those two years. So he's got ball skills. He has size and length. He's 6'1", so he's not your prototypical corner you'll see at 5'10", 5'11", 6 foot. You know, he's a little bit taller, so he can deal with some of those taller wide receivers that that you typically see uh, on some of the teams in the Big 12. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen about how, how this all is going to play out. Uh, but that is – Kind of where we're at at this point, Griffin, I think overall you had to like the class. It's it's a top 20 class right now. Uh, could only get better. Um, we'll find out about LJ Johnson and kind of what's going on with him. I know he wasn't planning on signing until February. He's leaning Texas. Um, you know, that's going to impact the Brooks signing, not, not as far as if Brooks will want out because obviously he's always wanted to come to Texas. But what does that mean for – the rotation uh, with LJ, duh. could we see one of the Longhorns running backs transfer out? Right. Uh, Keontae I think, Ingram? I don't yeah. think Roshan would, but his his role could be slightly diminished if LJ Johnson's assigned because from all intents and purposes that I've heard, he's that good. Yeah. And think about a one-two punch of Robinson and Johnson. That's that's – the next several years yeah it, i like it but terrifying for you know other teams um i, I think he's he's going to be the main guy for national signing day too uh texas not only needs needs him for you know for running back depth you know the second great running back but needs to get a recruiting win over 
A&M after losing a couple down the stretch there and uh, Shamar Turner, your Remington Strickland's just, I think it'd be a really good recruiting win for Herman um, and the offensive side of the ball to get uh, Johnson. And if they don't, it just continues the 2021 swing and a miss type, type of um, reoccurring theme we have going here. Yep, yep, that is it. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. For Griffin, I'm Patrick. We'll see you tomorrow. Welcome.